Have you ever changed your opinion about something? Have you ever changed one of your core convictions? Have you ever gone through a life situation, a relationship, where it's caused you to look at your opinions or your core convictions in a different way? Are you unwilling to acknowledge that you've changed? All of us this morning have actually gone through this thing that we don't like, change. Everybody changes. Culture changes. Churches change. Governments change. Everything changes. Everyone changes to varying degrees. Right now, King of Glory Church, we're in the middle of or just kicking off basically this week a three-month visioning process, refining who we are, who God wants us to be. This is the last time you'll have to hear about it for the next three months from Sunday morning pulpit, I promise. We're going to deal with it outside of Sunday morning, but this morning, just want to take a few moments and share with you some personal thoughts and how it all connects together. Over the last five or six years, my life has actually changed quite a bit. I'm, for the most part, kind of the same, same individual, but I have undergone a decent amount of change. For example, yesterday, a Saturday at 10.15, Five years ago on Saturday at 10.15, I would have just killed my third pheasant and I would have been loading Todd and Tom's guns for them to help them get their third pheasant as well. Yesterday at 10.15, I'm cutting fruit for a birthday party. Family changes things. Your perspective and your priorities get all juggled around. All of a sudden, it's no longer what's best for me, but it's What's best for these people that I'm charged of taking care of? It changes everything. It changes your perspective almost on every issue. That's been a big change. I've also had some experiences, though, over the last four years that have really affected the way I view church, have really affected the way I view Jesus, and have also affected the way I view the Bible, right or wrong. For the last four years, I've had the opportunity to serve as a law enforcement chaplain here in Sioux Falls. And during those four years, not once have I gotten a call where it was easy. Some of them were very straightforward. Going to a family's house of a loved one that died thousands of miles away and just letting them know. But there were moments when something happened that really challenged me. I've had two specifically that are hard to get off the mind and that are affecting how I think when what I believe. One time I had to deliver the news to a family that their young son in high school had committed suicide. I had to go into the counselor's office at school and read the email from the one who committed suicide to his younger brother. And while reading the email, it became pretty clear very quickly that the reasoning behind the suicide was sexual identity, a struggle and being bullied for having a different sexual identity. Finished that and went back to the house and had to meet with the family and had to stand next to the body and pray over the body before they released it. I remember standing there that day and it kept flooding my mind. Here I'm a pastor. I've preached pretty heavily against this very thing that this individual has been struggling with. 
Not only have I preached against it, I've tried to lead an effort at various times to do something about it. That's on your mind at that moment, wondering, is there any responsibility on us for this? Not saying my belief's right or wrong, just saying that's reality at that moment. And it can't but begin to affect the way you read things, the way you begin to understand things. Second one that I had to do that just constantly stays in, in my mind was an individual who was not from America originally, but came to America and served in the armed services. And serving in the armed services, gave multiple years, came back living with his family here, committed suicide, and the family was from Islam, it had Islamic origins, and they are practicing the Islamic faith. This individual took their own life, and again, delivering the news to a household where I believe they are completely wrong, where I believe that they are seeking to honor a God that does not exist. And the reason for one taking their life was, again, that they were bullied, is that they were ostracized in their service for their beliefs. That affects you. That starts to get into your skin a little bit and begin to blur your vision of how you should see things and how you do see things. I remember gathering in that home, I had no clue. You feel inept at a lot of these things, and that time I felt really inept, not even knowing what to say or what to do. Embarrassingly, I just hid my Bible that day because you don't know what you're getting into until you get in the house. Within 30 minutes, there was at least 80 to 100 people at that home, all of the same belief system, and they were weeping and mourning together, something I had never seen or experienced laying on the floor throughout the whole of the house, yelling, screaming, crying, all of the above. And I'm just standing in the middle, no, no, what to say. That's reality. That stuff is happening. And as I have had those experiences, what's happened to me is it's caused me to go back and question and wonder, okay, God, God, give me, is this the right thing? Because this right thing seems to be causing damage. Not that it was my right thing, but the right thing seems to be causing damage. What's going on here? I haven't totally answered that question or that dilemma yet. There's many people that have that dilemma and that, and that question. But it's affected the way I understand the Scriptures because really it reminded me that what? I was born into a situation where I grew up knowing the Bible. I had nothing else put in front of me. This other individual was born into a situation where what? They didn't have the Bible put in front of them at all. They had the Quran put in front of them and surrounded by people. So that's how they grew up. That's how they were raised. So, so God, what's going on here? We're not going to solve that issue this morning at all. But that's a wrestling match. That causes you to really start to say, okay, God, what's going on here? God, is this just for us? And then you give certain things to other people. How does all of this work? 
those experiences have really forced me into a position where I'm, I'm not there yet because I'm, I'm still pretty stubborn and stringent. But I think, maybe not totally, I have loosened quite a bit because I, I've got a bigger picture of what's going on. doesn't mean my core beliefs have changed, that outside of Christ there is no salvation. However, it started to challenge me on what does that mean in Christ? How does all that work and function together? Those experiences challenge you to say, okay then, what's the impact for the church? If in Sioux Falls, there's people that are gathering together this morning at a building that probably doesn't look similar to ours, but a building that are what? Bowing down to another God that we say doesn't exist. That's going on right now in our community. Okay, how does that affect what we do? 40, 50, or 60 years ago, that wasn't necessarily always the case. You had Seventh-day Adventists and, and Mormons, but you had at least a, a strain of agreement. But now you've got a situation of, of multiple different faith systems. So how does that affect what we do as a church? When there's people right in our neighborhoods, right in our schools, right in our grocery stores where we shop that believe something completely different than us. It changes my view of the church. So my, issue, my life happenings with my family changes what I think is important. My experiences challenge me. And then as I've been reading the Bible in God's Word, what's really been shaping in, in my life, I think, and this is still a work in progress, is that I used to be very, 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 that the Bible was prescriptive. The Bible tells us exactly this is how you do it, when you do it, da-da-da-da-da. That's changed drastically. As I read the Scriptures now, what God's really been doing in my heart is saying, hey, I'm telling you this big truth. But outside of this big truth, sometimes there's not a lot of details. And so, so what God's been working on my heart, I think over the last five years, a, a theological term to describe it would be, I've become more charismatic. That, that I believe more and that God has said, hey, I've given you these these things, I've also given you my spirit. Now work it out. The Bible's not just a simple manual where you open this up and it says, okay, God, should we have Sunday school on Sunday morning? There's nothing in here. I've looked a lot. God has said in here, hey, train up the next generation in God's word. But that's pretty broad. But he's also said, hey, I've given you my spirit. I'm there with you. So I've really gotten to this point that says God has made himself known and God has made his overarching purposes known. And at the same time, God has given us himself and the Holy Spirit. And now he's asking us to, okay, work it out. Figure it out. You're not just robots. You're my people created in my image. Listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Word. And step out and do something. So it's really been shaping me on what? I've got these core convictions, and I've got the Holy Spirit, and I've just got to figure out what it means for the here and now. Maybe this is a bad illustration, but I've really come to believe that, that we're saved, and after we're saved, you know, we're in this pasture. And in this pasture, there's a lot of green grass, and there's these fence lines. But there's a lot of room in these fence lines of, of where to go. And sometimes the Bible doesn't make it clear, hey, head over to this part of the pasture. Because the fence lines, you go as far as you want one way or the other way. And it's a wrestling match of how to determine all of that. 
That's what's been going on in my life as I've been wrestling with those different things. And I know that some of you have had life experiences. You've had a family member that struggled with cancer. Some of you have had situations come up where it's caused you to ask questions like, well, I know so-and-so and they're really nice and loving, so how could we possibly be against them? It's really challenged your thinking and caused you to take a second look at the Bible. Now, again, this morning, I'm not emphasizing that we're changing any of the teachings at all. I'm just saying there's a reality of struggle that exists. And not only that, but guess what? Culture has changed in the last five years. Whether it's for the good or the bad, culture has changed a lot. People who never said they would text message, now guess what? That's the only way they'll communicate is text messaging, right? Four years ago, Facebook had a bunch of 13-year-old girls on it. Now Facebook has a bunch of 55-year-old women on it that won't get off. That's what's going on. Just culture changes and things move around, and the church changes. Five years ago in the city of Sioux Falls, in the city of Sioux Falls five years ago, there was maybe two or three churches that would get 1,000 people on a weekend. Now there's five, six churches that have well over a thousand people at it on a weekend. It changes the church environment in a city of our size a lot. Not good, bad, just reality. So in the midst of all this change, we as a body, as a group, have to ask ourselves, who are we going to be? We know that we shift and we change, but who are we going to be? Who does God want us to be? And I know some of you are nervous. You're like, oh boy. Are we going off the deep end here? We're not talking about going off the deep end. Next Sunday, we're not going to get up here and we're going to be handling snakes and, and baptizing puppies as they come in, okay? We're not, we're not talking. We're talking the fence lines are solid. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the fence lines are solid. But there's a lot of room in there that we're trying to discern what's the way this looks like. So what we're asking you to do as a church, as hopefully you've seen this by now, is to complete a survey. This survey is not meant to be an essay or an autobiography. This survey is just meant to give us a picture, a glance at a point in time of what you're thinking, how you're feeling, and what your perspective is. It doesn't answer all the questions for us, but it gives us a sense of who has God gathered here so that we can determine where does God want to take us. As I've said before, sometimes I've done this. I've said, this is where God wants to take us without taking into account of who has God gathered here. And what we're trying to do during this vision process is take into account who has God gathered here, where does God want to take us? That doesn't mean where God wants to take us is going to make everybody happy who's gathered here. But we're taking into account who's gathered here to determine the best pathway forward. So please, before midnight tomorrow night, fill out the survey. It's online or right outside by the offices. You can pick one up today in paper. Take 10 minutes, fill it out before you leave this morning. It's your opportunity to share what's your perspective. What's going on in your thought process? So we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. In the midst of all that change and in life that's happening all around us, there's been one thing that, that God seems to be pounding into my heart and my mind, and he just keeps pounding, hey, get back to the main thing. Focus back on the main thing. Have you ever noticed it's really loud out there? It's really loud in culture. Right now especially, it's really loud. There's a lot of screaming going on, literally. But always it's really loud. People yelling about this or people yelling about that. And not only is it really loud all of the time, but it's really dark. 
it's really dark in what people are going through and what's happening around the world. And it's been dark since Jesus ascended to heaven, but it's dark for us right now. And so sometimes it's dark as you're walking around and it's really loud. It can be really easy to what? Lose sight of that which is important. Because when it's loud and dark, what do you grab a hold of? What is ever closest and nearest that will give you the most stability. And this is true spiritually as well. So as things begin to change a lot, what you want to grab onto is what? What you're most familiar with. Because it'll give you comfort, a sense of stability. That's normal. That happens. But sometimes in the midst of that, we can lose the main thing. Well, what is the main thing? This morning, if you want to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 22. 